0: Welcome to the Smart Tech Check Podcast, hosted by Mark Vina, your home for candid, insightful, and provocative conversations about the smart home, home automation, security, smartphones, PC and console gaming, and much more.
1: Hi, my name is Mark Vina, host of the Smart Tech Check Podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 16th, 2021. My podcast focus today is a departure from the usual tech commentary I provide. Looking for a new job in today's new normal economy presents both challenges as well as opportunities. In October, the Labor Department reported that 4.3 million Americans, 2.9% of the entire U.S. workforce, quit their jobs in August, August, which is remarkable. Why is the Great Resignation happening, and how can new job seekers take advantage of this new phenomenon? Joining me for today's podcast is Mike Minosk. Mike, how are you? I'm good, Mark. Great to see you. Uh, Mike is the uh, co-author of the new book, The Job Search Manifesto. I know, Mike, Mike, you and I go back uh, probably what, almost 10 years, I think. Yeah, I was um, thinking about so that. A yes. A long time. Uh, he's had a long career in the human resources space and currently teaches at the Wharton School in San Francisco. So, Mike, let's talk about your new book. And uh, before we get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit about your background, because I always find that really useful in terms of kind of setting the stage. Sure. Mark, my
0: background's pretty unique, uh, particularly in tech. I've spent over two decades in tech as a recruiter, but prior to that was over a decade in operations, engineering, marketing, sales. Um, so I've really had a chance to see tech from a, from a really broad perspective, and I've, I've been in the trenches. Um, I went into recruiting about 20 years ago, and it was partly because I was a stay-at-home de- You know, I had to, I, I was a dad uh, with custody, and that'll change your life. <laughs> then, <laughs> and he's done well. I'm I'm pretty damn proud of him. But on top of that, uh, when I got into recruiting, what I found was I was able to build some really great teams. And there weren't a lot of recruiters here in in the Bay Area or really in 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 tech that had a a, a really deep operations background, sales, mm-hmm. and marketing, all the things I had done. It really helped, and I I was pretty successful at it. Right. But what was happening was. I also was getting pulled into the. Can you help me with the next step in my career? Yes. And during a recession, when it hit, I was I was inundated. Started to realize I wanted more tools. I actually went back, and you know, you and I know this. Um, I went back and became uh, a certified coach, and I am have been now a coach for almost eight years. And that's when I got tied into Wharton. I met my co-author and, and good friend, Steve Hernandez. Um, and what I do at Wharton is, we, Steve is also a recruiter. We have 30 years between us. And what we did was we built a program called the Job Search Action Group, which is now one of the most popular non-academic programs at Wharton. We facilitate this. We, we don't teach, we facilitate. The professors like us to say it that way. And, <laughs> and the result of it is that we built this great program, Wharton told us to publish. Mm-hmm. We did some testing. We took it outside of Wharton. We did some boot camp work in, in in a larger population. And the results have been great. So the book came out in June, but really with the focus of here's the logistics of job search as it is today, yes. as it is from the, the standpoint of recruiters and what goes into that. And we really wrote this as a as a hardcore workbook. And it's the, the book has been incredibly popular. We have been so uh, so fortunate with that. So it's great that we well, to it, talk it about sur-
1: that. Well, and it doesn't surprise me, Mike, because you know I met you when you're, I guess, if you know you've been in, in, in this space for twenty years. Yeah. I met you about ten years ago, so you were well into this space. But I also yeah. think that your prior background in those more tr- more traditional corporate roles, you know, marketing, engineering, yeah. financing, you know, that has that made you, that really set the stage for uh, for creating you and positioning you as a very credible force in what you're doing now. Correct.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. We should tell people that, you know, we met because I tried to recruit you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's put it out there. And I mean, you know, um, and I think that's where I think that's where our, you know, our relationship and connection comes from is that we've seen a lot in this. I think it's why you do well in, in you know, in your podcast and in your your work now, having that broad vision, but then being able to hone in on things. That's that's the key to all of this. It's the key to job search, quite frankly. Yeah,
1: you know, you know, it's interesting about that. Well, and I'm sure you'll bring this up during when we dive deep into some of the questions I want to ask you is that, you know, and maybe it's because of this fast food, instant gratification culture that we live in. And I, I don't think it, it, people who are over 40 I think are much more mature, and they understand that the, the next job you're going to get is based on the two or three previous jobs you've had before because it prepares you for your next job and unfortunately when you're 22 years old you know you want everything right away you want to become you know ceo master of the universe right off the bat and you know if you're going to have a long career whether it's in the tech space or anything you yeah. know your mo the, the the opportunities in front of you generally is based on you know the, the previous history you've had might be a pivot to something else but but for whatever reason that background enriching experience in different things really creates the opportunity for you. So, I think, and I think you'd yes. agree with that. Yeah.
0: Absolutely, 100%. And then I think somebody entering that's a little, you know, with a little bit less experience, what you're going to be working on is really the idea of, okay, how do I explain the frameworks and processes I'm going to bring to the role? Now, for somebody that's newer, they don't have a lot of that. So, they're going to be saying, this is how I'd approach things. Somebody yes. with more senior experience, you know, if if it's a five-step process, they're going to have to lead or manage, and they've done four of them. That's great. I'll hire them. But if you can articulate, here's how I would do it, even though you've not done it, that's one of the real keys we talk about in the book.
1: Well, and and you know, and you, you know, you were gracious enough to uh, send me a copy um, yeah. uh, on Amazon a couple of weeks ago, and you know, I read it very very quickly. But it's a, it's a quick read. It's not like it's. Uh, a Tale of Two Cities, which is or, right. or, or Don Quixote, which is like a thousand pages. I mean, yeah. you could really knock this off. And I like the writing style; it's very casual. It's not um, it's not condescending because you're not a condescending type of guy. I haven't met Steve yet, but I suspect he's not a, a, a type no. of condescending no. guy. And there's a, a lot of people in the field that you're in. You know, they approach things. I don't think they, they they deliberately approach, you know, uh, coaching and recruiting in a, in, a, in a condescending way, but sometimes it comes across that way, you know, yeah. and I think you've largely, avo- you've really avoided that, you know, when you, thematically, when you read the book.
0: Well, and I think you're hitting on something important is our goal with the book is not to tell you what to do. Our goal is to give you, just like I was talking about earlier, frameworks, processes that you can apply the rest of your career. We want this to be an education. We want people to get good at this. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what really coaching. Steve and I are also great coaches, and I'm. I, one of the things we're doing is we're trying to impart this as skills and methods, so that the next time you're looking for a job, you're more confident. Time after even sure. more so,
1: and that's the goal of this. Well, let's get into some of the questions because I, it was again, it's a fascinating book, um, but it's also a very useful and pragmatic uh, primer. So let's get into that right off the bat here. Uh, first question. I mean, there's so many books on the market, you know, who goes to a bookstore anymore? But, you know, you, but if you go to k- use Kindle or you use yeah. Apple Books, I mean, there's lots and lots and lots yes. of competition about how, to, how do you find the right job? How do you get a, a, a hired? So, you know, in a couple of minutes, how is the book fundamentally different from other things that people can, uh, can read?
0: Grounded in reality, <laughs> I think that's probably the best way I would explain it. We're really focused when we did the book on the idea of, okay, here's the process organizations follow to hire you. Okay. It's not perfect. It doesn't work yes. in some cases. It's clumsy. but you know what? You have to understand what they're doing. And then what we're doing is showing you best practices in each of these critical phases of how to do it. One of my, so highly pragmatic, highly based on. Like I said, thirty plus years of our experience. But for example, one one example of that, um, your resume, your resume mm-hmm. shouldn't be touched early on. You need to really understand who your audience is. And Mark, you've got a great marketing background. You know that you're you sell a product because you understand the the customer, right? It's the same thing with the job search. If you don't understand right. what companies need, and you're not you're talking about what you want to do versus what they need, you're not going to connect. And that's right. a key thing that we're doing so once you understand that where do companies find you on linkedin
1: 30 yes. percent of my right.
0: hires came through linkedin and and that number stands today in the recruiting community why are you spending time on your resume when you should be spending time early on on linkedin so that's an example of a, really our pragmatic
1: yeah I'm, we're going to get into that because you know it's amazing when you go yeah. back 25 years and you look at the traditional way Yes. People and that's an executive, not a new a new employee, but someone who's been in the workforce for some time. The traditional deal was you you would engage with a recruiter or a um, companies would have executive recruiters, and they would reach out to people, mm-hmm. and or, and you would fire out a bunch of resumes out to this is before the internet pre-internet and you know you'd say well here's a list of 50 companies i want to work for let me find out sometimes took a lot of time to find out who the right people were you know hr teams were typically gatekeepers to the rest of the organization um and then of course the internet came along and then you had job sites out there but and as you you know i've discussed this before is that the frustrating thing that a lot of people encounter with job sites and they still they still exist and thrive, is that you never know whether those jo- jobs are real, or are they being right. posted right. because they're already looking at somebody internally and they just mm-hmm. have to post mm-hmm. it for um, uh, f- for egalitarian reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, and by the way, the feedback loop is awful. It's gotten better over the last few years, but you could put <laughs> apply oh, for a right. job and never hear back from the company. Not even Critter. get a, a return email saying, hey, we got your resume. So and now we've got this thing called LinkedIn, which we're going to get into in a second. But LinkedIn has really changed the complete ballgame. And I think sometimes, and I'm sure you'll get into this, people looked at LinkedIn almost like they look at Facebook, and it's really two different animals. You know, I mean, LinkedIn, you know, dramatically, you know, and I don't mean that really so much in terms of content, but in terms of the way you present yourself, because it really is a live, interactive version of you. So um, anyway, let's, let's talk, actually, let's talk a little bit about that in terms of, the, the, what you've seen over the last 10 or 15 years in terms of that evolution that I just talked about
0: so what you're really mm-hmm. describing is a, is a marketing it, I'm going to use some marketing analogy because I think they're very they're helpful so okay. <laughs> there's a marketing analogy called uh, the megaphone versus the magnet mm-hmm. and you know the idea of the megaphone is you're out there blasting you know you' you're, you're getting your message you're loud you're sending out that is when you're sending out your resume okay and the response rate is about 17% if that. Um, the magnet is LinkedIn, bring people to you. And that's the idea here, is you want to create inbound and outbound traffic you know, to really kind of get this into into that kind of a model. And Mm -hmm. what brings people in is if your LinkedIn profile reflects the needs in the marketplace you can address. I don't want to make it too complicated because we have Mm -hmm. made it too complicated. If you can solve a company's problems, they need to talk to you. and you can describe that and linkedin is the place to start that point you're going to come to your resume later but Mm -hmm. that's how you draw the traffic in and that's a key part of my work and the key part of the book
1: do do you recommend people especially people who have been working 10 to 15 years let's say and they haven't touched a resume in forever maybe they've been with the same company or Mm -hmm. you know they've worked for company companies for long ten years do you advise people to modify the resume especially if it's pretty old I mean, even if the information is up to date but you know the, from a format standpoint the messaging yes, standpoint first, or do you recommend first. people really start from scratch saying hey let me look at myself in a completely different way i mean there's some great tools out there uh, that help you yep. you know i'm a big fan of putting resumes into almost like an infographic like a format because it's much more mm-hmm. visual you know rather than the old text based you know mm-hmm. linear format but what do you recommend in that regard
0: I recommend you have to know how to describe yourself and a brand statement and i Mm -hmm. don't want to make this sound like it's something really cumbersome but let me give you an idea if you do a brand statement well and there's a huge part in our book on this is your brand statement is going to be the answer to tell me about yourself when you're talking to somebody whether in the interview or socially it's going to be the top paragraph in your about section of linkedin it's going to be at the top of your resume it's also going to be the way you explain yourself when you do outreach to others Brand statements where you start because mm. if, you, if you're not able to describe yourself, again you're yes. you know you're just you're just churning water at that point, right? And that that's the starting point. And I think you were highlighting that beautifully. Go with the brand statement first, place it into LinkedIn, then start doing outreach, then do your resume. Right. That's pretty much the sequence we talk about in the book.
1: Sure. Well, let, let's let, let's uh, go on to the next topic I want to hit here. And again, you know, just to talk, do you think, well, let me ask you right out, right. Are traditional job search websites, are they a waste of time? I no. mean, do you, or, but, or do you have to do both?
0: You have to do both, but you have to focus. You mm. know, it, I, I would look at this as a division of labor. I would spend, uh, well, LinkedIn is itself a job site. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, so your time on LinkedIn is valuable. I would, I would recommend this as if I was to kind of divide this into three buckets. One would be outreach. I would spend half of your time doing outreach. I would spend about 30 percent of your time updating and keeping LinkedIn going, connecting with people through LinkedIn. Then that that last part, that last 20 percent, I would be using job sites and uh, that way. But you'll notice what I'm doing is I'm really we really try to have people focused on you control it, you talk to people, you do outreach. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds cumbersome, but we and, and you saw in the book, we have tried to make this simpler and we tried to make this less about this networking transactional crap and really more about how do you build a solid business relationship? And it's doable and it's not cumbersome.
1: Now what I've found is that, you know, LinkedIn has a very, very strong um, social media component in terms of uh, posting a post. Now in my work that I've been doing for the last five years, I mean, I didn't do a lot of social media five years ago, honestly. I did some, I was on Facebook, it was always for personal family reasons. Mm -hmm. But in Mm -hmm. my, the work that I've been doing, uh, especially now that I own my own firm, the you know the, the, the you know you, you live and die by the the posts you make, and I don't mean that in terms of sending you know p- putting um, um, uh, you know, provocative posts out there that to, to scare people. I'm talking about right. you, you, you know your, your value proposition. Me as a guy who owns an, an analyst firm, and I'm talking and, and really what my role is is providing visibility for. I have lots that's a large Fortune 100 clients, but I also right. have a lot of small startups that can't compete with the with the um, uh, the apples of the world and they're always looking for cost-effective ways to get their messaging out that requires a lot of uh social media you know whether it's on twitter twitter being the primary piece good or bad because twitter obviously does have
0: uh yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: but how do you talk to people saying hey by the way now that you're looking for a job especially if you're going to leverage linkedin you know how do you kind of uh, you know get the, your the social media part of your uh, value proposition um, yep. uh, you know constructed because a lot of the, the folks that I'm sure that you cancel do have done very little social media yes. you know so how do you how do you how do you address that uh,
0: baby steps and and to be frank I, I I'm gonna tie you into this because see you're a thought leader and you share really good content I mean I read your content every time you post um, what what a a really good baby step is to take something you posted Mm and post it with a comment. Yes. It's a really simple, I, you know, wow, Mark brought this great point up and I never, you know, I really think the way that company's going, the way they're addressing
1: this problem is cool. That's a great post.
0: Start there. You
1: know, it's interesting you say that, because I think part of the problem, if you haven't done it for a long time, people think that when you, Retweet or repost something that you see. You know, I do it constantly on tech websites. I probably did it mm-hmm. eight times this morning. Hey, this is interesting. Some people think you have to spend an hour and a half right. <laughs> thinking what what piece of brilliance it's can right. I impart? And you really don't. I mean, you, 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 I mean, you can say something. Hey, this is interesting. Like for example, there was something this morning about Apple uh, filing a patent uh, for um, using their uh, AirPod Maxes. That would, without going into the detail about it, uh, allow will allow an AirPod Max, so it's over your uh, uh, headphones, mm-hmm. to um, c- allow the person to conduct uh, conversations essentially in a completely confidential manner. The oh voice gosh. wouldn't be picked up. And that, you know, again, it's a patent, it's not a feature yet, but the speculation on um, Apple Insider, which is a pretty good website for yeah. anything that's Apple, was pretty interesting. So, I, you know, I yeah. sent a post, hey, this could be interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, Apple files a lot of patents and, and they don't all, all translate into new products. But, you know, it gives you kind of an idea of kind of where Apple's headed. You know, yeah. so I, I, I guess my point is people seem to think that they have to be um, – they have to spend a lot of brain power, you know, composing yep. these, these these comments. And that, that really isn't so.
0: Now, let me give you let me give you a really quick one minute story. I had a client who worked in consumer banking and wanted to get into fintech. That's a that's actually and you know this a pretty big jump. Mm-hmm. What he did was he and this is about three years ago. He started a blog on fintech. And you know what his first posts were? Reposts. He was taking content like you create. He was taking you know the the, the example, but in the fintech space. And he would say, oh, this article came out. Really like the points about that that that. That's all he did. Guess right. what? He got a following. The next step was he then went out and started to interview fintech leaders. He got a job out of it. Goes in to interview a guy one day. Halfway through, the guy the guy is looking exasperated. He's literally talking to my client while typing and doing all this. Something goes. Are you interested in working for us? He's been there two years. It's an it's example great. of that. And well, I, I've got another No, but what you mean, and and he what he did was. He took something right. he was really interested in, started writing about it. And like you said, it wasn't all original content. It was right. his thoughts on top of original content. That's perfectly valid. As a recruiter, what I'm looking for is, wow, look at the depth of this guy. Look at the research he does. Look at It isn't that he created all of it, but he read it. Okay, right. I'm liking
1: this guy. And that's that got him hired and he's doing very well. No, I agree with that. And I'd have to say that probably 80% of the work that I get, you know, is work that uh, either someone has seen me in action and gotten mm-hmm. some positive commentary from somebody, somebody else vis-a-vis uh, social media, um, you know, because I've never really been, you know, I'm very lucky. I've never really been in want of an opportunity. There's always been sure. something in front of me. And I just think that, uh, I guess the message is, is that it's not as hard as it it, it, yes. uh, it, um, uh, it has to be. And, and you know what I really like, by the way, just for the broad audience who's not aware of this, twitter finally has now added a capability it costs i think 2.99 a year or a month something's incredibly small three dollars a month and i just signed up for a meal that you can actually um you can actually delete a tweet if you made a mistake you know before oh, you know I'll once you, you you did a yeah. tweet you know it was for the world they finally buckled in and you can actually um, um uh, make a change because a lot of people i, I i've talked to yep. Oh, I'm so horrified that you know at least with Facebook or, or LinkedIn you can edit a you can edit a um a post. Yep. You've never been able to do that with tweeting. God knows there's a lot of celebrities I, have paid that <laughs> price when they've <laughs> been able to and maybe certain presidents of the United States that I, I was I,
0: I, I was gonna say I can think of one or two senior leaders that went, ooh, nah, that wasn't a good one. yeah exactly no, I, agree, I agree with you completely and and I think the idea of of, of just starting this out, taking small steps. And, you know, that's really the message of, of our book, of our coaching, everything we do is how do you incrementally move forward? Right. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I think you're, a, see, this is where, I, you know, I've always loved talking with you is you've done a lot of this stuff. You're kind of a living example of, pe- of a guy who's taken what I would describe as appropriate risks throughout your career, a lot of learning, a lot of integration, and you keep going. That's well. I'm, we I'm happy to do
1: a commercial for you, and my rates are very, very well.
0: You know, I'm going to make a note of that. I'll, I'll get back to <laughs> <So> you.
1: <laughs> so let I'll me ask you: Why? What, what? What specific area do you think people struggle with most when they're in a job search? You know, I mean, you know, what? Yeah. In your experience, I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of things that stand out.
0: One is outreach. The, the I'm terrified to go talk to somebody. Really? Uh, yeah. It, you know, if you, if you ever want to, if you ever want to watch a senior executive or a a new grad lock up, it's, Hey, I want you to go talk to five people. And (laughs) what what they're concerned about is, I got to pitch myself. No, you don't. You have to ask about them. And this is where, this is where I, I encourage them to go, Look, focus on them. Don't pitch yourself what did they do that you're interested in what you know what kind of experiences what do they think are the challenges and opportunities in their space in their world if you spend 80% of your time talking about them all of a sudden it'll come back around they'll go how can i help you or what are you right. looking to do if you if you do outreach in that manner number one you create a relationship you know and number two you don't have to sit here and sweat okay i got to got to do this or that and and the second part is interviewing and yes. we've made interviewing a hot mess, and mm-hmm. there are ways to be really simple. And I, I won't go into detail in here, but we've broken behavioral interviews out into just five questions. So outreach interviews, those are the things that lock people up, but they're always about feeling you're on stage.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, know, you know what's amazing about that is that the more innovative uh, 21st century companies are always on the lookout, even at an executive, especially at an executive level, looking for great people and it is absolutely not an insult if you ask someone who you either know or you you're you know you're presenting yourself on a um on an initial basis to say hey listen i have this set of skills i've done these type of things you know would you be does your organization need someone like myself and and again the the more innovative companies and the apples apple comes to mind about this they constantly do this where if apple sees a person they find that hey i want to take this person off the market they're too good we may not have a job for them right now but we will create a job we will yeah. invent a job because we want this person off the market we want yep. to be able to take advantage of while they're available and i'm not sure a lot of people get that you know they don't
0: and and here's the thing you know you've heard this thing the hidden job market well let me explain what's going on as a recruiting leader around september october I was planning with my leadership for what, who are we gonna hire in the next 12 months, sometimes six months. But we had a hiring plan. And let's say that you're uh, a marketing person and my company that I'm working at doesn't show a marketing position. I may be planning to hire it in February, six months, you know, four or five months from now. If I find you, I'm swapping the position. I'm gonna hire you sooner, move things out. That's, that's why it's on a spreadsheet you know, you, 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 adjust things. That's why the idea of reaching out doesn't. And when there's not a job is a very smart strategy. I have mm-hmm. at least a dozen clients and I have a lot of clients, as you know, uh, that have actually ended up in a job that the company wasn't planning to hire for six months or they right. created it just as you were describing, because, wow, we got a problem this person can solve. And that's the core of it. They're hiring you not because they think you're a great person, because they have a business issue they can't solve with the people in the building. Now, if you can help solve that problem, you're golden. I'm going to take that back one step further. If you're describing how you can solve that problem on LinkedIn as a recruiter, I'm paying attention.
1: Well, let's get to the last question I really want to hit you up with. And, you know, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that I'm in a staggering 4.3 million people just quit. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's more, a little bit more complicated with that, but at least if you accept the, the Department of Labor's numbers for what they are, you know, yeah. almost three percent of the workforce has said, See, "Sayonara, I'm looking mm-hmm. for a greener mm-hmm. pastures somewhere else." Mm-hmm. And whether it's they're looking for more pay, you know, that's always uh, always a, um, uh, a phenomenon that needs to yep. be addressed. There's also been a dynamic with you know, the the great. Um, Remote working phenomenon that people yes. now can say, "Hey, I don't have to, you know, get in a car and, and commute for an hour and a half." I can. Mm-hmm. Companies are much more open for me being located wherever. Yep. You know, when you're counseling people, how do p- older workers make that career pivot? You know, I mean, because it can it happens all the time. It terrifies yep. uh, some people, but I mean, you d- I see it over and over again. God knows, I, I've uh, there's a number of people that I've probably. Twenty-five people over the last ten years that I think I funneled over to you yep. for help, and they've all you come have, back yeah. with, "Oh my God, this guy has you know really changed the way I look at things in terms of a new career search." But you know, how would you characterize that?
0: So we made the point earlier about really focusing on problem solving. What is the company facing? Older workers have seen more problems. Okay, and you know, to use a sports analogy, it's not about your bat speed; it's about the fact that the pitch that's coming you've seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. Is if you got the experience to say, "Look, I know how to do X, Y, and Z," and you're wrestling with those, let me come in and help. And that's and and you're really seeing more of that now. You know, the bro culture that you and I saw a decade ago is starting is definitely receding. Um, there's there's some major companies where and I'm I'm going to use an example HashiCorp, which as you know is filed their S one. It's going to go public. Mm-hmm. Founded by two very young guys, very Brilliant young guys, and when they hit, I think it was their Series C. The the venture firm said, "Look, we you need an experienced CEO. You guys can go take these other leadership roles, but we to get this thing out into the marketplace, we need an experienced CEO." Boom, and the two founders have done extremely well. Right, uh, and that's an example of where you know what, having that experience, having that ability to have seen unique curveballs. And to be able to respond to it is invaluable and i think there's particularly as we're coming out of the pandemic you know as, as things are starting to it's still different and it's going to be different but but we're we're getting into more of a normal phase that's even more important so cool. so somebody with the experience that can articulate it you're golden
1: no I, I love the baseball analogy because i'm a big baseball fan i know you are
0: and, i know you are you know
1: and uh matt in fact i um not to dilute, you know, kind of go off the off the reservation. It was a great. Um, Ken, they played the Ken Burns documentary on Jackie Robinson the other day, yeah. you know, which is magnificent. And they talked about how Jackie Robinson, as he got old, you know, you know, he came out. He was a fantastic player out of the gate, yes. yeah. but toward the end, he got a little bit. He was slower than he used to be, like all baseball players toward the end. And what I didn't realize is that that famous play where he stole home plate. I think it was in the nineteen 19- 56 World Series. I, yeah, I, yeah, it, was, it was eight, was eight or nine years after he'd been playing. And he wasn't as fast as he had been. In pre- but he stole that completely on the pitcher. It had nothing to do with his speed. Yeah. And, of course, Yogi Berra, to, uh, to the day he died, thought he, he had tagged him out at home plate. But that's a different story. That's a different story. Well, hey, Mike, before we handle uh, in the podcast, how do we reach out to you? How do people uh, kind of get a hold of you in terms of um, following up on this great conversation?
0: So mikecoach.com, M-I-K-E coach.com. The book is on Amazon. Uh, The book is everywhere uh, called The Job Search Manifesto. It's a great way to start to really start building up your self-coaching to really get good at this. And, you know, and I think that's the whole idea is how can you master this so you can control it? And that's really my mission.
1: Well, again, I encourage everybody to grab the book. It's a it's a it's a very very quick read, and uh, if you need personal assistance, you know Mike is always available Absolutely. for uh, for for customized coaching. But hey, Mike, listen, thank you for taking the time to join me for today's podcast. For our viewing and listening audience, please make sure that you hit the like and subscribe buttons at the end of today's podcast, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at MarkVinaTechGuy. And until next time, have a great week, and thanks again, Mike. Thank you, Mark. Great experience.